Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Ballas, or as I go by on Reddit, Brutal Cash. Thank you, as always, for joining us. The Celtics are back. Mike and Tommy are back. Abby Chin is back. Gordon's hair is looking better than it has in over a year, so if that's not a sign that he's back, I don't know what is. Someone who is also back, it is, of course, Jackson, a.k.a. Rick from Lives. Jackson, how's things, man? I'm back. We're back. It's good to be back. It's good to see the Celtics uh, in action again, man. It's, uh, it's good. Everyone's back. It's very good to see. How is Japan, by the way? If everyone doesn't know, Ben is currently over... Yeah, so on that, a very short podcast for you guys today. I am actually in Japan at the moment on holidays with my wife. It is our anniversary today, and she has very kindly given us some time to watch the game and record a quick pod. So maybe skating on thin ice here. So um, please, listeners out there, make make the most of this one. Uh, And with that, let's get right into it. Uh, So a game where the Celtics went down big, looked like they were going to get blown out, and then rose from the ashes of the fiery shadow of last season, all in a single preseason game. Amazing. Just as we all expected. Jackson, let's let's start with some early impressions from this game. Uh, Obviously, we had some expectations of of what we could hope to see from the team. Um, Did they meet those, those expectations for you? And sort of what are your immediate takeaways from this first preseason game? Well, I guess it goes without saying. We have to caveat this by saying it is just the preseason. But um, the two things that stood out for me, like in, initially to start with, I think it was like you were saying this on our um, chat during the game, and that was the uh, the lack of interior uh, defense, rim protection. I think just overall rebounding to start um, was a little bit uh, alarming. Um, I, I thought, you know, between... We'll talk about Taco later, but I thought between um, uh, Poirier, Time Lord, and... Um, uh, who else did we have in there at center? I'm sorry, I've forgotten already. Taco. Cantor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, um, Yeah, but so between, I thought between those three, we might see a little bit more uh, presence in the in the paint, but that didn't seem to be the case uh, in the early going. So look, that's a, a bit of an issue that I think they're going to have to address. I hope they can address uh, as the season approaches. But um, man, I was really... What I, what I liked um, first and foremost was, um, was Hayward's uh, aggressiveness and his movements. Uh, to the basket um, just had a different vibe about him it looked like his energy was was a lot higher and it looked like he, he that you know whatever you know confidence issues mental hang-ups whatever that he had last season coming back to the injury they seemed to like not even be there to start with so that was um, impressive to see and man Tatum I thought Tatum was doing really well as like a scorer it seemed like he was identified as almost like the go-to guy at least to begin with mm-hmm. um, was shooting the ball pretty well I liked his shot selection um, and yeah so that was encouraging as well did you see anything other than um, than those two things that um, you thought were noteworthy mate? 
Look, that, those were definitely the, the two or three things that I wanted to hit on uh, to start with, particularly in the first quarter. Um, Celtics were getting to the bucket, uh, which is the first thing that I really wanted mm. to see, you know, compared to last year was actually um, not settling for those long twos or even contested threes, but actually getting to the basket. And if not finishing, then at least getting to the free throw line. We definitely saw a lot of that, as you said, from from Gordon Haywood and some from, from Jason Tatum as well. Um the, the defense or the lack thereof at the rim was concerning. And when I saw mm. that Robert, Robert Williams, the Time Lord, was starting, I thought, okay, that's, that's cool. We're going to start with um, four you know wings, essentially, Kemba and, and three wings. And then we're going to counter that with some good rib protection from the Time Lord. But he just didn't, he didn't bring it. Like he, I felt like he was mm. giving up a lot of easy buckets at the rim despite his size and his length. Um, that was pretty disappointing. And then bringing in Cantor, who was a little bit more polished on the offensive end, still obviously doesn't bring that that defensive um, you know, forte. So that's there's definitely a gap there that's going to have to be addressed. Um, we'll get to Taco Fall a little bit later, but um, that was a little bit concerning. And despite the sort of the fizzing offense at first, um, the, the Hornets were right there with us nipping at our heels because we just weren't able to close them out on the defensive end. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's if you look at the the box score overall, you'll see that all the starters have are, are in the negative, which is um, you know, again, don't want to like bang on about it being a preseason or whatnot, but that's just you know, I th- I thought we would see a little bit more maybe um, effort on the defensive end from these guys at least to start with. Maybe that's expecting too much for a first preseason game, but um, look, I'm sure Brad would have noticed that. I'm sure the I'm sure that the players themselves would have um, noticed that that was going um, that there were way too many points coming inside. So I dare say that'll be addressed. Yeah, and like you, know, like you said, preseason, they're obviously experimenting with different sets and, and plays and different strategies that they're not going to bring um, in their entirety into the regular season, so it all has to be taken with a grain of salt. Jason Tatum, though, he, he did look very good uh, mm-hmm. on all accounts except from the free throw line, unfortunately, only shooting 33.3%. But you know, a solid 20 points, uh, a few threes, 8 of 14 from the field, Four boards. He only got one assist, but he, he made some really heady passes as well. Uh, unfortunately, um, the receiving people on the receiving end of those passes didn't quite finish. But um, it, it looked like his playmaking has definitely improved. We saw a bit of that in those early games from the World Cup before he got injured. So it was nice to see mm-hmm. some continuation there. Um, and three steals as well. So he definitely kind of looked like like our marquee guy, right? Which is kind of surprising given that we've got guys like Kemba Walker and and a renewed Gordon Hayward. Um, was really impressing, um, impressive rather to see that showing from Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown doesn't jump off the stat sheet here. I'm just looking through his stats. Of course, he finished with a, a minus 10 along with the, the rest of the starters. But um, one thing of note was his ball handling, which has always been an issue. There was one play where he sort of, uh, the defender went in for a steal and he, he got out of it using this escape dribble move that I'd never seen him do before behind the back Um, was great kept kept possession and then got to the bucket drew a foul on a a dunk attempt and then made both free throws Um, (laughs) which you know a year ago you just couldn't imagine saying that sentence out loud and yet you know again preseason but a strong showing from him in that sense and it's nice to see these little improvements start to trickle through so early so that was really promising yeah, I'm I'm, pre- I'm fully prepared for for um the Jalen Brown breakout um season here, and for us to all blame his struggles on his flat top, his beautiful flat top, which I think we were all upset to see. But man, if if bald if 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 bald JB is is uh is um has better handles, can get to the rim more, and can shoot free throws, then shit, I'll I'll take this one. Then thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and just uh, back on Tatum again as well before we move on to. Uh, the Summer League Celtics, I suppose. Tatum's mm-hmm. 
mid-range shots that he was he did settle for a few times even those felt or looked a few feet closer to the basket than last year they weren't just kind of those one step inside of the uh, the three-point line but they were actually more like textbook mid-range shots um, I think it was Tommy Heinsohn who said during the call like that was, that was his go-to shot during um, his college career his one year at Duke and um, he hits those um, with more consistency he had a bit of that in this game which was really promising to see as well I want to move on to Carson Edwards, a.k.a. the quad father, Quadzilla. Hell yeah. Um, the the flamethrower oh, from the three-point line. Uh, like, we knew he was going to be good. We knew he was going to be exciting. But, you know, his first game on an NBA court, yeah, it's the preseason. But, you know, he's got the full uniform on. He's there in front of a packed TD garden playing against NBA defenders. And, mm-hmm. like, dude just, like, comes out just on fire. It was, it was awesome. It's so much fun to watch. Didn't look out of his depth like whatsoever. Hey, he just <laughs> no. took his opportunity. He was sh- he, like his first shot. He made a three. I think his second shot was a made three as well. Um, he was just he was just you know what <laughs> what it did to me, and I'm sure a lot of fans will, will feel this as well. Like an undersized Celtics point guard wearing the number four, who's yeah. you know a, a spark plug on offense. Man, it, it made me feel certainly very nostalgic. Um, but no, nah, he 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 impressed the hell out of me, man. He was he looks like he's Tommy kept going on about how like he's the quintessential like could be the best like sort of six man. Of the bench to provide that kind of uh, offensive spark if i don't know if he's going to be like that prominent throughout the season i so based on this evidence he certainly should be but obviously it's a long season if he does end up becoming like that sixth man or that like next guard off the bench probably after um marcus smart depending what the starting lineup ends up being um that could be his role and he could be very very good at it because he did not look yeah like i say he didn't look bothered at all being out there yeah and you mentioned marcus smart there like basically they say it's a tale of two halves. This game seemed like it was a tale of three thirds. And that middle third is really where the Celtics shat the bed. Their offense really fizzled out. We couldn't get any stops. And that, that brutal combination was very similar to last year. And a lot of people on the, the game thread at Reddit were sort of commenting, we look exactly like, like we did last year. And then to begin that third third, it was Marcus Smart and like the bench crew. And two notable players on the court at that time were Marcus Smart and Carson Edwards. And the defensive intensity from Marcus Smart, which was kind of leading the energy out there on the court for the team, and the offensive intensity and consistency from Carson Edwards was this really awesome, like, two-headed snake, which built the momentum for the Celtics and got us back in the game. And obviously, we haven't seen that combination before because it's not been possible. But, like, it was really good to see an extended stretch run of those two guys doing what they do. They're They're very similar, but also sort of polar opposites in a sense that um, yeah. you know, one's this offensive dude, Smart's obviously on the defensive end, but combined, it's a really powerful force. That was really cool to see. Would it be unfair to call a lineup that consists of Marcus Smart and Carson Edwards on the, the court at the same time as the, the two-headed Viper lineup? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> or the double Viper or something like that. Let's yeah. create something snappy for that because I think, I think that's got legs. <laughs> yeah, it's a good early entry. I'm looking at uh, Carson's stats now. Um, so just under 18 minutes, 45% from the floor, four of nine from the field, um, mostly three-point attempts, uh, three for six. Um, and finishing a plus 11 there as well. And Grant Williams, too, at a, at a plus 14, yet only two for seven from the field. On Grant Williams very quickly, again, stats don't jump off the page. Um, and again, something that Tommy Heinsohn mentioned during the call, but he, he has good instincts. He has a really good feel for the game. And we, we talked about that lack of rim protection earlier. And while Grant Williams is quite short for a big man, he's only 6'6 or 6'7 or whatever it is, 
he did a really good job of cutting off the the driving lane as soon as he entered into the game where his rotations were solid where if the guard uh, on our team the defensive guard um, was cut off on the pick up top allowing the charlotte guard to get into the paint grant williams did a really good job of sliding over and stopping that penetration but not committing so hard that he left his man completely open on the wing he did that consistently um, which is really, really good to see for a, you know, a rookie first time on an NBA court, just immediately snapping into to those tendencies. Yeah, totally. And the fact that he's like, you know, nowhere near our tallest player, but he let us in um, in boards as well with nine was a, was a great show yeah. too. I mean, we were, we, were, we were screaming out the start of that game for like some more rim protection. I think the first block that I remember seeing was um, was a Grant Williams block. I think uh-huh. someone tried to go over the top of Poirier and he just came from like the blind side and just knocked that ball right out of his hand. Mm. So that's good to see. Um, look, Grant Williams, I think, has already, uh, un- until, the, until the, the, the taco mania took over, I think everyone was like, uh, backing Grant Williams to be the fan favorite with like, you know, just the way he was acting, carrying himself, what he was saying and whatnot. Um, gave us a nice shout out to the Celtics pod. If you haven't heard that, I'm sure you all did. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's, he, he's the man. All right. But um, no, like obviously for, yeah, for a guy who's, um, you know, undersized for, for a, a Ford or like, you know, not the biggest guy out there. I thought he's, he really made his presence felt. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was really good to see. I'm just reading through some tweets now coming out after the game. Tom Westerholm tweeted, Kemba, Jalen, Tatum, and Hayward are a combined minus 38 after the game. Grant and Carson are a combined plus 27. Um, Again, add the preseason caveat to all of that, but um, it was a really nice encore, right, from the Summer League Celtics. Um, It was such a, like, again, something that Tommy Heitzen came up with on the call um, a really great thing for Brad Stevens to do to end the game with the young guys who are bringing the heart yep. um, to actually get us back in this game and, and, and win it, albeit by one point in the end. That second, yeah, I was that that summer league lineup, that 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 unit, they, they just looked like they had some, re- they had really good chemistry. You know what I mean? Like every guy, like the passing was was working. You know, guys were getting to the rim. Um, it was moving around a lot. Like you can tell that those guys, you know. They obviously they played together in the summer league, but I think like that experience that they all had. Maybe it was just a one off um, tonight. We, we 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 shall see. But I just thought they looked really like a really good cohesive unit when they were out there, and um, you know that that's highly encouraging to see because I think the number one concern, well, not the number one concern, but one of the concerns I had this year was just how how good our bench was going to be, like what yeah. our depth was going to end up looking like. And based on the performances that we see from these guys, even if like some of these or most of them don't end up making the final roster, like I think I think there's we've seen more than enough from this unit, like that they can that they can play together. Yeah, and just to complicate matters further, Javonte Green comes in and has an amazing game. Yeah. He comes in in the fourth quarter and he's just dunk city. Does not miss a shot. I think he drew the offensive foul to to essentially close the game out for the Celtics at the end of the fourth there as well. And, you know, just when you think, okay, um, Strauss looks pretty good. Obviously, Taco's looking great, which we'll get to in a second. Tremont Waters had some good minutes there as well. We've got all these great, heady young guys who have a lot of heart, a lot of talent, and great chemistry, like you mentioned, Jackson. Um, like, who do we choose from? And, like, is it is it morally acceptable to stash some of these guys in the G League with the Red Claws. Like, some of them look like they deserve, like, genuine NBA minutes here. We can't keep them all. So it's going to be a really tough um, decision for, for Danny Ainge and, and his team to, to make here. But, um, you know, off the back mm. of that one game, like, I want I want Javonte Green on the court. Yeah, me too. Me too. And, like, you know, add to that, we haven't even seen Romeo Langford yeah, once, you know, right. and he was, the, he was the guy we we got first. So... Um, yeah, look, it's it's going to be a headache for Danny um, deciding which guys um, make the cut and which don't. Um, yeah, because I thought like just based on tonight's performance, like I think they all really put their hands up for um for a good um 
for a spot on that roster. And I, I think it was on this was in the um, the post game thread. I have to find who uh, said this. Uh, it was uh, Car Wash with a K, fifteen. Uh, literally still dying from when Tommy saying saying uh, Tremont Water's brain is six feet. <laughs> <laughs> is, he might have be six feet but his brain is six feet that's a, a tremendous call if we do keep him yeah with six foot six foot brain tra- uh, waters that's all you need Mouthful. to play at the nba is a nice tall brain exactly um, yeah height. physical height's <laughs> overrated now we've come about 15 minutes into the podcast and we haven't even mentioned kemba walker who mm-hmm. i i really enjoyed his play early on uh, i have to admit i missed the second half of the second quarter because we're, we're staying in a hotel here and we um i thought that'd be the, the best part of the game to miss um so ran down and got some breakfast so i missed sort of his his second stretch of the game but i did enjoy watching him in the in the first part of the game i thought that he did a really good job of deferring to the rest of the team and not yep. like forcing it not trying to assert himself too much into the game um he had a at least one nice pull up three four assists in you know in very limited minutes while allowing the other guys starting with him to to get theirs as well so um he also didn't seem to get too badly burnt on defense like someone like isaiah thomas might have so mm-hmm. that's probably going to be something that teams attack especially in the playoffs so can't take too much from that but it was a really promising first game in green for for Campbell walker yeah, totally. He wasn't forcing like his shot. He wasn't forcing his offense, and I think his um, his um, priority starting the game was to distribute the ball and get the ball moving around. Like particularly, like he was feeding Tatum a lot. The ball was finding his way there. Um, yeah, just didn't. It was a nice, mature performance. Even if like he, you know, he was a minus twelve. Uh, you know, I can take that with a grain of salt because I just think you know the, the, all the starters were in the minus to begin with. Um, but no, mature, composed, nothing too flashy. We're definitely going to see, you know, he's going to have games this season where he's just going to be going off and it'll just be like, you know, get the ball to him and everyone else get out of the way. But like to to see like this is like his first game. He wasn't overdoing it. He was just nice, seemed nice and relaxed and working well with everyone out there. It's uh, It was good. It was good to see. Another couple of quick points to run through before we get to the Reddit shout outs. We talked about spearheaded or the, the two-headed snake with, with Marcus Smart and, and Carson Edwards. The similar approach mm-hmm. with... Gordon Haywood and Campbell Walker. Something that was notable in the first five or so minutes of the game before the first subs came in and they, they kind of got split up. Um, their their two headed approach to playmaking was really exciting, and I thought that um, yeah. either of those guys bringing the the ball up and, and initiating the offense and occasionally resetting in the middle of a play and having uh, Gordon Haywood reinitiate a play or Campbell Walker doing the same thing. We didn't really get that with the Kyrie. Haywood combination, probably more so because of Haywood's shortcomings at the time. But I thought that was really interesting to see and a a good dynamic to keep an eye on um, going forward. We do have those weaknesses, particularly with uh, uh, rim defense, but that's a really good strength that this team could lean on, that that sort of two-headed playmaking approach from from essentially our two all-stars, ideally. Um, I thought that was really promising uh, to see. Not necessarily um, an expectation of mine going in. I'm not sure why. Now that it's happened, it kind of seems obvious. But um, that was a really exciting element of the game, particularly early on. Yeah, yeah, no, it it, um, it totally was. Yeah, to have like the to have like you know Hayward the, with his playmaking capabilities, sort of like only we may only really see what he's capable of now after you know the the, the season that yeah. he had uh, last year that that's going to be a that's going to be super vital I still think Gordon Hayward is like the x factor in this entire uh, equation you know if, if if Tatum has a breakout season great if if uh, Kemba Walker can re- replace Kyrie's scoring in just about in every way that that's great too but I think it, as long as if Hayward is still like not 
playing to his potential, at least not getting back to, you know, you know, Utah Gordon Hayward, then I don't think we're going to ever, re- I don't think we're going to, you know, really be any better than we were last season. Put it that way. If Hayward does come back the way that he has been playing, and he, even if that is just like not so much of a scoring role, but more of just a distributing role, and he can, and, he, and like he and Kemba can, you know, split those, um, split those responsibilities just to mix up the offense a bit more. I really think that's going to be super valuable going forward. So um, yeah, if, if, if Gordon has to, you know, make most of his plays as a playmaker rather than a scorer or vice versa, I think that's going to be very handy to have. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there were flashes of that first possession, first touch for Gordon Hayward. He went straight to the hoop, like just bulleted past everybody and finished with a, a nice reverse layup there. And everyone was like, wow, okay, he's totally back. And then <laughs> um, as Joe, um, who isn't with us today, but mentioned it in, in our Google chats, um, it looked a bit yippy uh, around the hoop sort of later in the game. So he wasn't mm. as consistent as maybe we would have liked, but those flashes that we didn't see much of, particularly early last season, maybe a bit later in the season, they were definitely there right from the get-go, so that's really promising. A couple of other points to touch on very quickly. Ines Cantor, obviously, there's a huge lack of rim protection there. We know that. We've discussed that. But his low post play, his um, play in the pick-and-roll as the big man, particularly uh, with Marcus Smart as the ball handler, and his offensive rebounding was all very welcome for this team. Um, obviously, you'd prefer someone like Al Horford on the team, um, but those are components, big man features, if you will, that we haven't had on this team for a number of years, particularly rebounding. Um, there were long stretches of this game where, unfortunately, despite all of what I just mentioned, we still gave up many rebounds. But for mm-hmm. the most part, Cantor was very effective um, in that part of the game, in that zone of his, if you will. Yeah, and he got to the line more than any anyone else on the team, albeit only by like you know one with a total of five shots. But yeah. um, look, yeah. Uh, if, if if we can get if we can just get like a, a skerrick more of you know offensive rebounding from from Enos Cantor, then I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a, a big 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 plus. Obviously, missing Horford is going to be is going to hurt. And you know, like we were talking about Hayward and Kemba's playmaking abilities, like maybe like I feel like Horford's role has will, will like dissipate or be like divided amongst like other players. Like we all have, they all have to like take, take up you know bits of what he offered to um to the team the last few years and that that could work out very well that could work out very poorly i do not know but um yeah in terms of like the the rim defense which we've talked about already still a lot work to be done there but um man as far as Cantor's performance today was concerned i mean it was just like again it it didn't stand out a lot to me but then again like i guess that's a good thing because if he was standing out for the wrong reasons it would be bad standing out for the good reasons obviously ideal but it was just a nice solid contributions that he had today Absolutely. Shami Oshale was someone that I expected to show an immediate improvement. I, I think we had the same approach going in this time last year as well, and he just didn't have it. It looked like the same old Shami, great defensively, or good defensively, not necessarily great defensively or great anything, um, had a number of opportunities to knock down open threes, didn't, and he's just he just seems to not be able to get over that hump where he goes from someone that we won't re-sign to someone who has value and could either definitely be re-signed or, or traded for picks um, and, and get some value there in return. Um, yeah, I just I was really disappointed, probably um, more than anyone else on the court by Shami Ojale. He just didn't really show me any sign of improvement whatsoever. Mm, yeah, it, it's sad. I hope he, it, it feels like inevitable he'll go the way of Yabu, you know, just um, sort of discard, which, which, which sucks, you know. I mean, again, 
one preseason game. There might be more to come, but um, no, it, it looks, it does look as if he is not really progressing or not really going where we, we ideally need him to go. And, you know, shit, based on some of the, the performances we saw from the G League guys versus what he was able to offer, like you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be unrealistic to expect he would, you know, lose his spot in favor of someone else. I don't think we can do that. But, like you know. Javante Green, for example. For, like Javante, like seven for seven, perfect from the field, Javante Green. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Dunk City. Yeah. Now um, <laughs> yeah, we're saving the best till last year, but Taco Fall, like when? Yeah. When, obviously, the, the chants actually got a little bit annoying because, the, like, the we want Taco dance, purely because mm-hmm. we've got these guys on the court who are going to have the majority of their minutes throughout the regular season and the playoffs, and they're trying to gel. They're trying to um, get on the court chemistry. We we know that they've got that off the court chemistry and the banter and you know whatnot, but they're still trying to get that on the court chemistry. And these chants are echoing through TD Garden. We want Taco, we want Taco. Obviously, everyone wants Taco Fall to come on the court. He's a seven foot six behemoth um, and an all round nice guy. And I don't know, it just got a little bit frustrating. But then he did finally check into the game, and <laughs> TD Garden just went absolutely nuts. Like, playoff, playoff Celtics nuts. Um, he comes onto the court, he immediately gets a put back dunk, like an amazing put back dunk, and then a block on the other end, and the place is just going absolutely crazy. And I'm just sitting here, like, cackling lying on this futon in a hotel in the middle of Japan, cackling at the at the wonders and the splendor of Taco Fall. Do you have a similar experience, a taco experience there, Jackson? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, the, the chance didn't bother me, man. I, I completely understand what you're saying. Like, you know, the, if, if we let the fans, like, pick the team, you know, he would be, you know, starting and playing 48 probably every day because people just people just love him for, for, every, for, for his, his, phys, his physicality, his personality, and just basically... And, he's, you know, to be fair, his game. Like, his game here today was, I think, was quite vital in actually getting the win, um, in, particularly in, that, um, in the end of the third quarter and the start of the fourth. Um, but, like, look, he's... He's obviously, I don't want to say a sideshow because he's not, but the, I feel like Taco Fall, the meme is going to be sort of his reputation before Taco Fall, the player, the dunker, the shot blocker and whatnot. So look, we will have to, you know, I think be patient with him. I, I can't see how they don't pick him up. Like even if he is just going to be like that last man on the rotation that they throw in in garbage time, just yeah. to appease the fans. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I, I don't see how they let it. it would be such, it would be like, it probably be like the most unpopular decision since Isaiah was shipped off yeah. if they decide <laughs> to cut Taco Fall. So I, I fully expect him to be on the roster. I fully expect him to keep developing and, shit even if he can just work out a niche for himself where he just goes in you know in like you know uh you know timeout or um or like set play situations when there's only like a few seconds left on the shot clock and we just need to like you know literally just lob it up because and he can just tap it in or like you know he's, he's got a little, little jump hook shot as well it didn't quite work today as well as it did but we saw in the summer league that he was capable of it so look he's got enough of a bare bones skill set i think to justify it to justify his spot and then like the fan popularity and his personality and his story and everything else is just like you know takes care of itself so look it was highly enjoyable watching him um i'm not hanging my hat on him like you know taking us to banner 18 or anything like that just yet but um i i just i i I can't see him not being on this team yeah i i kind of feel the same way like he wasn't bad you know i thought he was i thought he was maybe better than vincent poirier i hope i'm saying his name correctly um poirier poirier yeah like he wasn't bad like tommy said like he does have instincts he was he's sliding his feet quite well particularly to get to that first block not that he has to move his feet very far when his arm is the length of a <laughs> no. limousine but yeah like he i don't know like he, he had some solid minutes and i i guess um 
the one thing to look forward to is that we and Danny Ainge and whoever else, you know, all have the rest of the preseason at least to sort of evaluate him and make that decision. I want to get to some of the Celtics Reddit comments very quickly before we wrap this one up. Uh, user Bisontel says, picture this. The Celtics go out and get four incredibly strong bodies with really long arms. The entire game on the offensive end, those four guys lock arms together and form a circle around Carson Edwards so that no one of the opponents can get to him. Sort of like how you might protect a quarterback if you didn't know the rules of football. Carson Edwards barely needs much daylight to shoot, so as long as they leave around a foot of room around him, he can probably just bomb away freely every possession. Why don't the Celtics do this? Is Brad Stevens an idiot? Not a, not a terrible idea, at least to try for uh, you know a few possessions late in a game. I'm joking, obviously, but um, <laughs> it's, it's a fun idea to, to fantasize about. Uh, thanks, yeah. Bison Tell. Uh, this guy's... This guy's, this guy's flair is NBA scoring leader Carson Edwards, so you <laughs> yeah. know maybe maybe a hint of bias there, but uh, I mean I don't I don't know I don't know. There's a few preseason games left. I wouldn't mind seeing the the, the ring of fire defense yeah. if I can call it that. <laughs> <laughs> three uh, three minutes into Carson's first stint on the court, he probably went and updated his flair there. So uh, good on you, Bison Tell. User Leak speaks says awesome game to be at. The garden was wild for Taco. Not an overreaction, but I say we start Javante Green. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Look, based on today's performance, he did more than enough to to uh, to earn a to earn a spot and maybe even a starting spot too. But uh, look, man, uh, it it looked like it just there was a great night in there. Like I don't think anyone there was none of that sort of like toxic what's going on here vibe of last season that we got so many times you know it was very much preseason it was very much you know just you know see all these new guys that we've got and you could just tell like from the vibe coming through the coming through the screen that everyone was um was just up for it so uh yeah absolutely up for it is is the uh the correct term i was certainly up for it early at 7 a.m this morning japan <laughs> time to watch this game uh reddit user god writes i enjoyed watching this game more than just about any i can remember from last year this is going to be a fun season even if we produce less w's and i think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up that pretty much sums up the vibe of this game and ideally the vibe of the team going forward for, for the rest of the season uh, but we'll see how we go jackson you got any any plans for the rest of your long weekend mate uh, I'll see out the rest of this hangover. I hope it wasn't uh, apparent as I was uh, as I was speaking on this one here. But uh, yeah, no, actually, I, I will actually now that I now that I do, um, I will give a shout out to Hoopheads podcast. Uh, the Celtics Reddit podcast will be represented on uh, an episode of that uh, of that show coming up very uh, very shortly, and I will be uh, speaking with them a bit later on. So keep an ear out for that. Yeah. No, so this is not your only podcast for the day then. No, no, no! I've got a busy, I've got a busy schedule of uh, of pods uh, today. How could I? <laughs> I almost forgot about it. But no, no, that I will be doing that. I will be doing that a bit later today. Uh, are, you gonna, are you are you going to be doing much uh, Japanese stuff for your anniversary today, Ben? Well, we're going to take a big walk around this lake here. Uh, check out Mount Fuji, which is currently uh, covered by clouds. So hopefully, those those clouds clear. Uh, and other than that, just eat a bunch of ramen, drink some, some cheap beer from the 7-Eleven and just uh, have a good time. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the rest of the holiday. And enjoy um, a big Celtics preseason win. Absolutely. I know my wife is stoked that the Celtics won because that means I'm in a good mood for the rest of our anniversary day. <laughs> so um, everyone wins. Everyone wins. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. A nice Celtics win to kick off the season and a spicy Summer League Celtics encore. Jackson, thanks again as always, and enjoy the rest of your long week- weekend, mate. Appreciate it. Uh, arigato, Ben. Arigato gozaimasu. <laughs> All right, folks. Go Celtics. Peace. <laughs>